Welcome to the Minding My Creative Business Podcast, and I am your host, Ron Ironically Jr. And I am your host, Shy Speaks, and this is the number one podcast for creative entrepreneurs to be able to get strategy, structure, and personal development all in one place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I can't even I can't even let Ron go. He, I'm sure it's something you're supposed to be saying, but I'm excited because we have some guests with us, and I'm not fake excited for the for the episode. I'm really excited. Because this particular duo is a husband and wife duo. They are like all things creative entrepreneur, all things to aspire to, in my personal opinion, from knowing them personally. So before I just just like go too deep in, Ron, can you give them a little bit of something professional about them? Because I have a bias. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So no, we listen, we have the Ferris's here. They are a husband and wife duo that they, they started off doing wedding photography in this kind of now they have this phenomenal consulting firm they still do photography and a bunch of other things videography and all these things so um like i said that's what qualifies them to be here on the show today so um yeah so that's 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 us kind of telling a little bit about y'all sales but how would y'all introduce the ferrises like tell us yeah how, how do y'all introduce everybody well we're ferris husband wife team <laughs> we are two creatives that uh, aspire to leave a legacy for their family and help other creators along the way to mm-hmm. do just the same. So um, yeah, our choice to do that through was through photography, like you mentioned, and then also through uh, digital marketing and consulting, helping other photographers, small business owners, creatives um, continue to build their business. Dope. Okay. Now, I we just said the Ferris's because we we we're putting y'all out there as a couple that you are. Uh, but let's go first names. Go ahead, introduce yourself by first name. Go ahead. This is Karis Ferris. <laughs> this is Joshua Ferris. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love it. I can see y'all personality right now. Y'all be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> super cool. The reason why I'm excited is not just because I know y'all personally, but because. You are the first duo that we've had on the podcast. And so uh, we're excited for other creative entrepreneurs who are also married or who have business partners. And they kind of want to know what that looks like in that context as well. Um, I just want you to know, though, we're going to be diving into the film side, which is the photography and videography. Mm-hmm. and the business consultancy so you may have to just catch and glean any kind of like couple stuff so we're going to get directly into it Ron you ready to go I'm, you know I'm always ready I'm always ready um so once again so you guys have this phenomenal video on you on your website that kind of tells you all story right so we know our audience probably hasn't seen that video I encourage y'all go to their website watch the video so you can go get a little bit more in depth but um, for those who, you know, haven't seen the video or um, you guys uh, were in, in corporate America, right? You guys had had other jobs that weren't creative jobs. If I'm not mistaken, you were working for NASA. Whoa. Just, just tell us a little bit about that because this so I can, you know, I, I want to piggyback on it. But tell us a little bit about that working for NASA as a creative. Yeah. Um, well, first, we met at Baylor University. I got my degree in mechanical engineering. Um, And then, like you mentioned, shortly after that, right, well, upon graduation, uh, got a job at NASA to work as a mechanical design engineer. Um, But before that, I had started the business in uh, at Baylor. And in that time, we started dating. And then, you know, the reason uh, why the business 
continued because while I was at NASA, I was like, all right, cool. Got enough. You know, this is stressful. I was about to just stop doing photography, you know, but she was like, wait a minute. Mm -mm. No, I'll help you out. And uh, she started handling a lot of the systems and the operational side of the business uh, to allow us to continue to build what we have today. Okay. So you, you would, so instead of you saying, I'm gonna quit my job, your thought was I'm gonna quit this business. Yeah. I'm, you know, just cause I mean, I was at work, you know, under the table trying to keep, you know, communication going through clients and editing and during my lunch, it kind of got real busy. And I was like, ah, you know, I'll just do this over here. Um, but you know, she encouraged me and not only encouraged me to keep going, she got her hands dirty with me. Now, at this, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So at this time, were you guys married or were you still just dating or fiance? Like, yeah, where, where were y'all at in that process? So I started helping him before we were married. Yeah. Um, okay. When, so at school, when he started the business, it started with party photography. Um, well, the real reason he started it was because he wanted to document his experience as the first man in his family to go to college. So he just started photography that way. But because he's an entrepreneur, then he became campus party photographer. That morphed into graduation photography. And so by the time we met, I think he had gotten um, or someone re requested for him to do an engagement session. So I was there at the first engagement session and I just directed. So I kind of came up with the creative vision. I had this Pinterest board and I was behind the scenes, like posing the couple, the whole thing. That was when we were dating. Um, by the time he was working at NASA and ready to quit, we were engaged. Okay. Okay. So when I was helping, but uh, me helping him was, behind the scenes, emailing clients back and forth, booking clients, making sure we had everything they needed for wedding day. And then he would give me a, a per booking fee based on like how many clients I booked because we weren't married yet. So I was like, pay me. <laughs> I need an incentive. I need an incentive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is not free labor, you know? <laughs> okay. But I want to know, and I think this may be helpful for other people who are deciding I have a my nine to five and then I have what we consider a side hustle. The side hustle can become a business or the side hustle can just go away so I can focus on my what made you say, I don't know if you should let the nine to five go, even though I'm sure the nine to five was make probably making more than the side hustle. What was the logic behind saying, like, I don't know, let let let's let's not quit that. What 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 would you say? Cares, what was your reason for that? And then Josh, what were your what was your thoughts? You know, I don't know, actually. I don't know what my thought process was behind you not quitting. Do you know? She <laughs> wanted to lock me down. What she do was mean? like, let, let, me, let me get in there. That'll keep them. Yeah. I, that wasn't <laughs> it. I can guarantee you that. I, it was already locked down. I didn't need to. Right. Right. He, he basically saying you was going to be codependent on uh, He was going to be codependent on you from that point on. Right? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think he had started this thing and I enjoyed doing it with him. And mm. I think that probably by the time he wanted to quit, we were shooting, like we were mm. doing more of, it wasn't just that first engagement shoot. It was like, we had shot maybe a few and like had done weddings. 
and I enjoyed it as well. And I enjoyed working together. So it was like, why would we just quit? Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just didn't no. make sense to me at that point to just quit um, what he had built. So yeah. yeah. And in all honesty, Karis is like the creative. Like she's creative everything. She was fashion design, art major. And so I really think what we were doing really encompassed all of her gifts and her passions from the weddings to the photography to, you know, us doing business together. All of that kind of was in in one. So, uh, but yeah, so that was that part. And then as far as my mindset at that point was, you know, it was new, like my, the, the corporate job I had just graduated. So I was trying to like, go as deep and as, as hard in there. So I was like, okay, I'll be a mechanical engineer here. Then I'll get to project management and then I'll be a program manager. Then I'll be business. You know what I mean? So I had that trajectory and mindset and they kind the two just kind of conflicted. Right. Um, and before I ended up quitting, I was actually a project manager and I had went to oil and gas or whatever. So I had kind of did that, but also it was the lifestyle. Right. And then also thinking about the trajectory of later, like, Okay, what is actually the ceiling or the limit of being in this corporate structure, you know, versus being over here? We're able to travel together. We're doing what we want to do together, all of that. And so kind of just thinking a little bit further ahead um, made me flip the switch and say, you know what? I do want to do this full time. But in that moment that we were talking about, it was it was a lot. And I was like, I, I do. I want to do that, but I can't do it all on my own. So Right. Right. Yeah. I, I man, I think that that is. I know y'all like. I don't know, but it's really some something that's profound there. Number one, I enjoyed this, and then number two, you're looking down the line at what type of lifestyle that I want to live. And a lot of times, people think lifestyle. They say, "How much money do I want to make?" Mm-hmm. Right? That's the lifestyle. But like, how much time do I want to have with my family? How much time do I want to have with my with my kids, how much time do I want to have to travel? All of that ties into lifestyle. So I think we should be picking careers and businesses and things like that, that encompass the life we want to live as well as something that we actually enjoy more. So I think it's great. No, and that's, and that's what it sounds like, where it's like, this is something that I enjoy, but I enjoy it because we can do this together. I can't do NASA with you, right? When you go to NASA, you're doing NASA all off by yourself. And I mean, yes, it's, it's bringing in revenue and things like that. And yes, I'm, I'm sure that we can, you know, have a nice home and a nice life with you working at NASA. But other things that I want out of life, I don't know if we're going to get that with you at NASA. So don't let this go here. I'm I'm involved in this. Right. I'm assisting you with this. Right. So let's keep this going and figure out a way at what point. So, yeah. So where when did it come? Where it's like, OK, here, don't let it go. Let's keep this going. And was it a conversation where you were like, okay, let's figure out how to remove you from Nassau and insert you in this full time? Or did that just happen gradually? Or was it a strategy in place? Like, how did that happen? Tell us the exit strategy. (laughs) That's something that a lot of creatives need to know how to exit the nine to five world to get into the passion that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will say we, it was constant growth. We were just growing. Um, and he was working and I was working. Um, and I think there came a point where I started shooting because he would be working and people wanted to shoot during work hours. And so 
He taught me how to shoot. And also, I wanted to shoot because I was like, you're not catching the vision that I'm trying to direct here. So um, we kind of divided and conquered, which allowed us to grow faster while he was still at work because I was able to put in more time than he was at the time. Um, but it became he was, we were like weekend warriors. So he was working nine to five and then we were going to shoots afterwards together. And then we were traveling on the weekends or just shooting a lot on the weekends. And so he was exhausted and I was telling him to quit. I mean, probably like a month after he started working at next. When we got married. Um, so we, we were, we, dated in 2012, we're engaged in 2013, we're married in 2014. And so pretty soon after we were married, I was like, quit, because it was a lot and he was tired. Um, and he would not quit. Okay. Because I am the one who's like, it'll be fine. It'll work out. Look at all this business. I don't care what the numbers look like. I'm just like, it's going great. We're busy. Like, you know, um, but he was like, no, we, we need to have a plan. You know, I, I can't just quit. And so I'll let you speak to that because I don't know what you did. But if it was up to me, we'd probably be, it, it would probably not have gone well. I was like, just quit. It'll be fine. <laughs> but he had a plan. Yeah. So I had a plan because I have responsibility. And so um, I wanted to make sure that those responsibilities, first and foremost, were taken care of. And that first one was her, you know, um, I wanted to make sure before I left and my job to be able to, you know, do what I want to do in my passion, that she had the opportunity to do that first. And so it wasn't just, hey, let me replace my salary with what I'm doing. It's let's get you out. So before I even quit, she was able to quit yeah. her job. Um, she was working in a I only worked a real job for six months of my life. <laughs> and then and then he let me quit. And yeah. That was it. <laughs> so I was able to make a allow her to do it and substitute that with then she started working full time in the business. So technically she was working full time in the business before I was. And then um I don't know how late maybe a year or two later, then I was able to to quit. December twenty fifteen is when you no no December twenty sixteen is when you quit. There you go. Okay. So, um, oh, what what was the real quick? I know we got. I know you probably got another question, but like, what was the additional year and some change for? Like, what what was it? Something that you were strategically trying to get to financial wise? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. So remember, the decision to go full time anyway was pending. That also, I got pregnant seven months after we got married. So it wasn't just me. Then we had a child. Then we upsized. We got a town home. And so more, what do you call that? Lifestyle creep? Yeah. <laughs> we we did a little bit of lifestyle creep before he yeah. yeah, a lot of lifestyle creep. We had a baby. And then by the time he actually quit, I was pregnant with our second. Um, so just for some context in there, there was other things he had to be responsible for. Um, and so that probably extended the time. Yeah. So... Okay. That and then, um, so yeah, so she was able, but what in my head, in my mind was the the financial aspect. Of course, I wanted to replace, but my goal was to double and then have some extra in case of fluctuation of, of just business, um, as well as save for a home and all of those things. And so I had to be really patient and eat a lot of dirt in those times um, because 
that was just that's what I had to do. And so by the time that we were, I was able to make that jump, I was using all my vacation days for work to go shoot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was using six days. I had all of that. It was, you know, every other second, every weekend, there was no free time. There was go to work and then go back to work for ourselves. And so um, but in that also came I left NASA. And I went to oil and gas to just higher salary. So I worked just as hard in my nine to five to level up, you know, uh, and maximize that opportunity as well. Now, I'm going I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit. So don't get mad at me, Shah. Right now, as the as the head of the household. Right. You are in a position to where, like you said, you're you're working at, at Nassau. Your, you know, your wife wants you to quit, but you're like, no, nah, I got these responsibilities. So just kind of talk about the emotional and mental fortitude that you needed. Because I'm a, I'm a husband and a father myself. Right. And that's kind of why I'm like, I'm like, and I don't think I don't hear enough people talk about that. Where it's just like, OK, we talk about what we did and we talk about the outcomes, but we don't talk about the pressure that I know for a fact that you were feeling. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that and how, how did you get through it? Like, how did you not buckle under the pressure? Because like you said, we got married and, and seven months after uh, we got married, my wife was expecting, right? We got it. We, we, so we expecting a baby. We, we got a new house. We got another baby on the way. Like how, yeah. How did you not buckle under that pressure? Yeah, I'm, you you're right. It is a lot of it was a lot of pressure. I didn't you. This is therapy, you know. <laughs> I want to say, back. Joshua, you like, and I'm the reason why I'm not mad at that question is because yes, I do want to get into the structure. Yes, I want to get into the strategy. But we said personal development, and sometimes it takes some type of development. Yeah, I'm, I got a place I'm getting to financially, but what am I developing? How's my mind? You know, all of that has to. Tie yeah. part into what we're doing creatively. So I think it's a perfect question. I would love to hear the answer. Yeah. To. Well, number one, you're right. So how did I deal with it? It is tough. Um, I had to be confident in one confidence rooted in, in God, right? Rooted in faith, knowing that, you know, what he the desires that he put in my heart, our heart was real and very much so attainable. So that's the, the basic. Um, because you know, it was it was. I won't call it shame, but like, you, you know, you sell somebody you work at NASA. Ooh, ooh, you know, mechanical engineer. Ooh, for, you know, but then when you say I'm quitting and I'm going to be a photographer, they're like, why? <laughs> you know, you want to do what? You know? And so but because we had a vision and we knew what we wanted to do, I was able to be very disciplined day in and day out to to achieve that. And so um I mean, even from her, she's just like every day, quit, quit, quit. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I want to quit, but I can't. And it was like, you quit, you at home. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, so it was tough, but at the same time, um, with our confidence rooted in Christ, and then understanding and having that roadmap of like where we do want to go and what could happen. Um, by the time that I did quit, it was you know we were okay, and so. Um, one, yes, it was tough coming out, but having to stick. I mean, I, I I can't say how or express how important it is for entrepreneurs to delay their gratification. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live my best life right now. Am I living my best not life right now in the present? Yes. But it's going to get so much better. And so if you can have that perspective of knowing that it gets going to be a lot better later, you can eat dirt for as long as possible and continue just to build up 
and build up and build up that goodwill that's going to come to you. And that's, you know, that's what we did. We just worked hard. Um, she, it was a sacrifice on her end too, you know, like I'm tired. She got kids. She's still working. She's working with kids, you know, but we had this, this vision, this dream of what that would look like. And I mean, every day we're, we're just living it, you know? So you just gotta, you gotta understand that the best is yet to come and you really got to stay disciplined and understand, take ownership of that, you know, because my worst fear was like, oh, he quit. They're doing all of this. And then that was it. And then it goes back and I got to go back to work. Like, that's what I've been running away from. I'm, I don't want to still run away from that. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to go back to work. <laughs> that reminds me of a quote because you just said like that you had that vision like the death like this is what we're working towards this is where we're going so it, it reminds me of a quote where it says if you don't know where you're going any road to take you there yeah because yeah. you, you don't have no destination but you had a destination like no this is this is what we're doing now, once again, I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to delay gratification. I'm willing to eat dirt in, like, in your words in order for us to happen. But I know where we're going. Yeah. yeah. So That's, I think that was the strongest thing is like obviously faith. Right. But also it sounds like having a vision. Mm -hmm. I'm working towards somewhere. And a lot of times people are like the strategy is like strategy is one thing. But vision is like. Yeah. That's man, yeah. that, that's that's good. Yeah. Oh, okay, I hope somebody got something out of that. Y'all ready to get into this strategy? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously, because we have we have the the we got into their personal lives, but they 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 are they are beast in my in my words, right? Mm -hmm. So they have this film company that has been featured in so many notable uh, media outlets. They have done such a book of business. And while we're talking about exit strategy, I think I'll ease into it. And let's talk about maybe like pricing strategy or something like, like, what did you do? Like at some point with this film company, when you finally do leave, right? You finally leave the company, uh, you finally leave the corporate world, you're in this business. And I know it's very important to you to make sure the money comes in properly and you guys can be sustainable. Was there some type of pricing strategy that you use that you go into some type of like, we're going to specifically focus on this so that we can make, replace this six figure income and double this. Like what, what was that? I mean, in the beginning, I feel like the pricing structure was mostly you. Um, and I think we were probably fighting each other back and forth because he came with logic and I came with like, feeling like yeah. how is a bride going to feel when she sees this number? What is this in relationship to other people and other, um, you know, at, at our level of work right now? And so I was coming to the table with the emotional side of the, of the buy, the purchase and coming mm -hmm. from a bride's perspective. And he was coming with the numbers and the facts. And, and I was so, like, how are you going to feel if I say, yeah. Hey, we ain't got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and literally how the conversation went. So, so first and foremost, it sounds like there's a strategy to focus in the wedding market. I mean, I know that you guys started, he got the engagement shoot in the wedding, but it's like, you can do photography and, so many different facets is it was wedding specifically because of the ability like, let's okay we're talking about like start just starting starting business like in college or are we talking about no, like no no we're, we're fast forward you're fast forward. Okay, okay, okay. And we want to know how are you going to get to this six figures or double this six okay. you know like how are we gonna what's the, the strategy like today okay mm -hmm. 
do you want it? No, you got it because you do that. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, you start with your costs. What does it cost me? <laughs> um, and I don't mean like, what does it cost me emotionally to spend eight hours? No, like, if I'm going to outsource this retouching, how much does that cost me? How much am I offering the client? Am I offering them 30 photos? How much does it cost me per photo to get retouched? Um, how much is it going to cost me to outsource this editing? Are they going to charge me per photo? How much am I going to offer the client? Uh, what am I going to include in this package? How much base, just the base cost of how much does this cost to my business to right. give it to my client? Um, and then from there, I feel like, uh, I think what is it standard is that you want to make a, a what is it forty percent profit off of a forty percent profit it's margin. Different for every business. Yeah, yeah, different for every business. But I think what we said was that we wanted a forty percent profit margin. Um, I think we operate a little more than that now on the profit margin because we factor in like our expertise, how long we've been in this business, what other people who've been in this business are charging. Um, and so that's kind of where we, we bring back in the early days of like, okay, what are our peers charging? What are, you know, the brides around us who, um, you know, are looking for this level? Like, what are they willing to spend? It's probably way more than a 40% profit margin. Um, and so I will say that there's, I'll try to make this concise. There's two different ways to, to really build out your pricing. The base of both ways is to start with what it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, on the first level, it's what are the people around you charge at your actual level? Mm-hmm. Figure out a profit margin that works for you and for your budget and for your time. What do you want to make hourly for this? Um, I would start there. And then the second, <laughs> the second version of this also is... Um, what is someone willing to pay for my service? So now we don't offer a straight package for everybody. We don't even do that anymore. We have consult calls with each and every person, whether it be a bride or whether it be, um, you know, a, a marketing client or a corporate client who wants a media package. There is no set package. There is, what do you want? Let's dream. <laughs> Mm-hmm. let's 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 go to the to the sky with this you know from a bride you know are you gonna have we, we've had a bride who flew off of her wedding in a helicopter like her budget is different than another bride's budget um and so we don't start with here's what we can do oh please can you can you right. um we start with a minimum and then we say let's let's reach to the sky and the price might be to the sky if that's what your budget is too. Um, so I think there's two different ways of kind of pricing that out and we didn't start there. Um, and I, I don't think I'd recommend anybody start there cause you're, you know, your pricing has to match your level of, um, confidence at the end of the day, your level of confidence and not only confidence, cause some people can have false <laughs> confidence, but what you can actually produce and deliver. And is it worth that? Um, you could probably answer this question a lot better. Yeah, that, that's good. That, that like that's good is the um there are two pricing models. I love what you shared there. Start with your cost because some people don't factor that in, especially right. creatives. They're just doing all this stuff and not even count factoring in. Well, I had to have Pro Tools, I had to have video premiere, I had to have an assistant. I had they didn't they haven't even factored all that. They just said, Well, I mean emotionally speaking, I feel like they wouldn't want to spend more than 3000 So it doesn't matter how much it's going to cost me. So I think that that's really, really great to cause people to think like, think about your cost. And then the second option is what are they willing to pay? Because what whatever they are willing to pay, they're willing to pay you that 
probably to even maybe buy you out of uh, like, let's say like I, I have something else going on, but they may come with such a price where it's like, well, I can forego this one so that I can go. There's that idea. But also the idea of like they know your expertise and they know that you could kind of come up with this over the top deliverable for them. And so, hey, man, I know we want fireworks and we want this, this, that, and the third. So, but because they're coming to you because they know you can do it, but you have to have developed that competency and confidence. So, yeah. All right. So before, listen, we we, we want to keep it going. We're not stopping. We just got to pause because we got to pay these bills. So we will be back in a few seconds right after this. What's the irony? <laughs> it's because it's us in different color clothing. I mean, listen, we've been doing a lot of talking and we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to make a statement as well. Because we've seen people make statements with their athletic apparel. We've even seen people make statements as entrepreneurs. But one thing I haven't seen is somebody make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. So right. what right. we've done is we have given you an opportunity to make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So if they want to make sure that they're rocking that creativepreneur gear, where can they go get that? You can go get that gear from whatstheirony.com. <laughs> so welcome back. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, as we, we, before the break, we we talked a lot about uh, like the, your, your strategy and just your pricing strategy and things like that. Um, and then I kind of asked, you know, Josh, you know, like how was it just kind of just that pressure of the responsibilities and just you know knowing that you wanted to transition, but you know all these other things. I know one thing that people think about right when they're trying to make that transition from a job nine to five corporate or whatever the case may be into full-time entrepreneurship is like what about the benefits like like what about my like my health insurance my 401k and things like that so where did that come into play and what did you all how did y'all kind of circumvent that Yes, I, I kind of speak to that because that was my responsibility. Um, I, I'm sorry, before you do, I will just say everything I said about pricing, he showed me how to do it. I didn't know how to do none of that. <laughs> so I do think it's still, you know, Josh is, has a business mindset. Mm. So, and I, I, I don't naturally. No, he taught me all that. I didn't, I didn't come up yeah. with it. <laughs> you did good. You start like, like you said, Sean, most people start with like, oh, how, you know, don't factor in costs. So you could factor in your costs. But we, what we learned in doing that at first, we were shortchanging ourselves. Um, when you don't want to yeah. go to these huge weddings and then if you're the cheapest thing on the menu, like, no, you don't want to do that. Or when a planner, you're like, that's it, you know? No, you don't want to do that. Yeah, we got that a lot. We were like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, what we learned is to actually understand the needs of the client. Because sometimes if you have just a, you know, something strictly that you're serving everybody, you could lose out on the opportunity to do more for that client. And so um, I think you explained it right. That was just kind of our progression. But what I did initially to get pricing was, one, number one rule, I wasn't going to do at the time when I went full time, I wasn't going to do it cheaper than what I was doing as an engineer. So I was like, whatever, if I'm, if I'm trading time for money, it's got to be at least more than what that was. So that was bare minimum. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we did to set a goal was, was think, how much do we want to bring into this family? 
a year. And then how often do we want to work? Right. So total uh, um, divided by time. If it was like 20 weddings, you know, whatever it was, slash 100 divided by 20. Well, you need five thousand dollars per wedding. You know what I mean? So that was a equation that I had formulated to at least start. And then you start putting every, and that's at a base minimum. And then if you do like portrait sessions, well, good. That's cherry on top. You can mm -hmm. sell another album, cherry on top. But my focus was we need at least X amount of weddings to book, which then led me into learning how to grow a business because now we need leads. Now we need to make sales because at the end of the day, we need blank amount of weddings a year. So, yeah, that was a good like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 that's the question though that had nothing. I know, yeah. I know. She got you. Just, the, the question was, oh, and maybe you you guys can keep it concise with the, with this with like benefits, like health benefits, and like financial yeah. package. And I know you guys do have a, a Ferris Plus. The consulting is when people are concerned about that. I think what Ron wants to know, like what what was something y'all would what would y'all recommend them if they're concerned about uh, what about my health benefits? What about yeah. my 401k? Do y'all have any recommendations for that? Um, the way I saw it, the, what we were doing when we started the business and you think about all that, it's a slingshot. So some of that was meaning we're taking a step back to be shot further later. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's part of just an entrepreneur sacrifice. Now, there are creative ways to find health insurance, dental 401ks. And so instead of invest, number one, health insurance, we use a Christian uh, health insurance share, right? So we don't have technical, formal, like health insurance, but we've never been let down in uh, this, uh, I don't even know what to call it, a health share. It's called Samaritan Ministries. And okay. we really should get some money from them because we plug them all the time. But we've able to like, so like any hospital bills, like we've had four kids, um, and all of that has been covered through this health share. We put it in a pot every month and we get back and get our bills paid for whenever we request a need. So mm -hmm. I tell all my entrepreneurship, our entrepreneur friends, friends, hey, join one of these health shares. And, it, you know, we use Samaritan, but there are others as well. Um, it's just a body believers helping a body believers. It's, you know, it got a, it's government, uh, not government. It's a, uh, it's managed. Approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one 401k. Um, instead of uh, investing in IRA, I rather invest in an IRME, right? And so we believe that our business has way higher returns. Now, do we do it? Yes, because I had it and I roll it over and I do some retirement, but that wasn't initially. It was first, I need to build up our own cash flow. And in the excess of that cash flow, now we can start putting away some for safety and retirement. But first, I had to invest all that into us. Whether it, house, whether it was our equipment, whether it was mentors teaching, I, I didn't have the luxury to say, hey, manage this and let it grow at a maximum of 12 percent. When yeah. I could, hey, go buy this equipment, I could go take this course and learn and make uh, over 200 percent in what we were doing on our per hour, you know, income. So uh, to me, just thinking about what like what's the best vehicle and there was no vehicle. Actually, our financial dude got mad. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to put it in ours. You know, I know you want that commission, but I can do like when you look at it on return. Yeah. Business like beats all of that. So while you're dropping bar bars. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to do, do, do. Gotta give it. <laughs> this is it's getting intense. Run. Go ahead. Because, you know, I got something to say. No, you go. It's on you. I, I he, he, he answered my question. It's on you. All right. 
listen, that that was just for the free right there. I love what you just said. It's a slingshot to sling forward. Maybe you shouldn't be focusing on that. You, if you especially if you already got something from a nine to five that's, that was already there and it's gonna roll over and it, you got that. But right now, is that the focus? The focus probably needs to be investing in. Oh, you said it. You bro, that that was. That was saucy right there. Yeah, I don't invest in the IRA. I invest in the IRME. <laughs> and once you get that, boom, what you're looking for, this certain number that you're trying to hit, this 100, this 200, you know, now you can start, come back in with your financial guy and be like, this is what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so for, for a moment, you can focus, kind of shift your focus. And I think that that is important because people are like, I need to be doing something with that right away. Like, it's okay. You'll be all right. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, all right. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say really quickly, just prioritization of that is making sure that you can have enough cash flow to cover your your lifestyle, your base, your bills. And then you want that safety nest. Right. Once you got that safety nest of cash flow for, you know, just say six months, anything above that. Now you can start investing. But that's that's kind of what we what we took. So I don't want to not invest in all that. But first, you got to take care of yourself. Take care of home first. Got you. OK, so. Uh, the mindset, I can already tell that you already have, like, you guys have this uh, very vision focused, uh, entrepreneurial and really strong creative mindset, which I think is what helped birth what I would say is my first time hearing not the agency model, the associate model, which is something I feel like, I don't know, I feel like y'all kind of like, at least... I would say created it, or at least this is the first time I've ever heard it within your film, your photography and videography business. Some people are wondering like, okay, how can I scale this? This is just me with a camera. Okay. You all talked earlier or Kara said that, well, I was able to go instead of him. So, okay, now you can split it in two, but what if I don't have, how can I, if, okay, it's just us two. How can I scale it even further beyond just the two of us going to shoot? Right. And then you guys with your creative ingenuity come up with this associate model. Can y'all tell them about that? I know about it, but I want to make sure that other aspiring photographers and videographers who want to have this amazing film company and they want to scale it, understand a little bit about this. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's just that you have a group of photographers or videographers who shoot on behalf of your brand. Um, you can do it in a multitude of ways. You can receive what they photograph or video and you can edit it yourself to deliver to the client, or you can make it their responsibility and edit it and deliver to the client. Um, I've seen it done multiple ways with having an associate team, but it was Josh's idea. I was very against it. <laughs> because we are very different people. He is growth-minded. He is a risk-taker. He's an entrepreneur. He is business-minded. I am a creative. Right. So for him, um, wisely so, he was like, you can't do this forever. Like, we're going to have kids. You're going to have, we're going to have more kids. And I was like, yes, I can. What are you talking about? Like, I love doing this. Um, and he was like, whatever. And he just kind of started it. Um, but because I'm a creative and, and, the final product and the experience matters so much to me. Um, I couldn't just let him do it without me having <laughs> some kind of hand in it. Um, and so the vision, all him, the process, all me. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So what it looks like on the back end, I don't know if this is what you're asking me. Are you asking me what this Yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so the vision of doing that associate model, well, you're about to get into 
uh, what is the the back end look like the process because this is important because there are other people who feel the same way as you. They want to make sure that I don't want the, the quality to drop. I don't want any of that to happen. So it, it's a way to make sure the quality doesn't drop if you have a proper process in place. So what does the process look like on the back end to ensure that quality? Yeah, um, the process looks like first and foremost standards. So anybody and everybody can't be on the team, which is just what it is. Um, there's a certain level of gear that you have to have. There's a certain, you know, amount of experience that you have to have. Um, for me, there's just a creative filter. Like, do I like your creative eye? Do I like what I've seen you do? Um, is the quality there? Are things in focus? Do you have the basics? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just kind of being a filter, um, for who we take in. And so that's the creative part. That's the the first the first gate. Okay. Um, the second gate is definitely um, just responsibility. I think it is not a secret that creatives are, you know, typically not great business owners, um, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, not even the best employees. Or if they are the good employees, you know, there has to be good management as well. Um, and so the second part of that is, you know, are our photographers responsible? I we've and professional. Um, I call it a wed side manner. You know, I'm not looking for people who are going to go and be the life of the party. I want you to be a fly on the wall. That's not our job. Um, and so there's a there's a, a a quality standard on the photography side, and then there's a person personal standard. Um, what is your character like? Are you going to vibe well with um, our type of client? So there's kind of two two levels there. Are you on time? We've had to unfortunately let people go because they were late. That's not an option um, because you represent our brand. So um, that's the second level. <laughs> the third level. Um, what's the third level? I think. Uh, the third level is our back end. Um, that's kind of, you know, client facing, who we hire facing. Um, but we have a, a, a spreadsheet, just uh, I don't, multiple spreadsheets, multiple different ways of organization, multiple follow-ups to make sure we get images on time, uh, multiple things we do client facing to make sure that our clients feel safe and happy with their photographers, multiple questionnaires to make sure that there's communication on, on both ends, that the photographers know what they need to do, that the client feels solid knowing that the photographer knows what they need to do. Um, we have a, a, a client relations manager on the back end who does all of our communications with associates booking because when a bride books, for next year, we need to make sure we're booking somebody in time for that and securing that date. What does that look like to send a deposit before we've gotten a deposit financially? You know, there's lots of things on the back end I can go yeah. into. What is the question? <laughs> no, you're giving it. You're giving it. You're giving it. This is the back end. So I, you and, and you even answering what will be probably my follow up question, because a lot of times people talk about their process and they just kind of give you like a two or three steps. But then even on the back of that, you talked about having like spreadsheets that track certain things so now the associates that work with you don't have that not only do they need to meet the client facing criteria they need to meet some kind of administrative criteria to be able to like work with y'all on the back end because maybe you're you're communicating through a certain channel we're using you need to be you need to know how to use some type of spreadsheet sheet you know how to fill out a questionnaire those types of things okay so Real quick, what are some of the tools? Just give them a little something. Like, give them one or two tools. What? Are, how do you guys communicate? If if I'm a photographer, I'm a videographer, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bring some associates. They're gonna represent my brand. 
they're gonna put the shirt on, they rep the brand, but how do I communicate with them? And how do I pay them? Or, you know, just some type of thing like that. Yeah, I would say that the, at least in our model, I know of many other models. <laughs> in our model, what we've found works best is to put as little on the photographer as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it You set yourself up for failure when you expect creatives to be able to organize something or to be able to keep track of something. Um, and I want to empower our photographers to be creative <laughs> because that's the fun part. And so instead of expecting them to like fill out this spreadsheet and fill out this, you know, form and da-da-da, nope, you don't have to do none of that. Respond to this email, show up on time, be creative, give me the photos. That is the extent of what I expect from our photographers. And that is the extent of what they want to be expected of them, honestly. Like they want to get paid for the work that they do on that day um, and, and walk away with a good experience. And that is what I expect of them. Um, on the client side, all I expect of the client is that they fill out a detailed questionnaire um, so that we know everything that they want on their wedding day in order to communicate it to the photographer. All of the other minute details, the, the financial spreadsheets that make sure we pay them their deposit on time and make sure, um, you know, did they send in their photos on time? If they did, this is when they get paid. If they didn't, this is when they get paid um, from who have we reached out to about this date, the meetings that happen internally um, of matching the, the bride to the photographer. That is all internal. That's something that I do with our client relations manager um, mm-hmm. and our financial manager to make sure people are getting paid. And there have been so, I mean, we are not perfect. Like as recent as last week, we were shoring up when people get paid so that it's a little bit tighter than it is and they don't have to wait as long. Um, so there's all, there's constant, you know, tweaking to make things better. Optimization. Optimization. But the bottom line is we do all of that organization in-house. Um, and by in-house, I don't even mean I personally am doing it. I was at one point and then realized organization is, I'm a creative too. I'm really great at building systems. I'm not great with keeping up with them. Mm. Um, And so then we outsource that. Somebody who's who's equally as good at building systems so that she can help me, you know, optimize that because we have lots more systems that need to be built now, but also who can keep track of it um, and, and who can manage herself. So I think too, you have to know who you are and what your strengths are and, find people who can fill in those gaps to help you build those systems that need to be built for, for processes like that, I guess. Nice. Nice. Man, that's, look, they gave, they give me, I I have to say y'all are giving the sauce. Y'all are not withholding a lot. And I'm sure that there is even more. I know that you have, whether someone who is watching this is looking to hire you guys, hire the film company or they're looking to say, Hey, I want to go deeper with them and do the Ferris plus and do the business consultation. I know there's more, but you're giving a lot here. So I, I appreciate it. And and you brought up something that's really good. I, I know normally about this time, we, we try to go about 45 minutes. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, I got, I got a few more questions I got to ask you. So I hope the creative uh, listeners and the audience who are tuning in, you don't mind getting a little bit more extra sauce from the Ferris's, right? <laughs> so you talked about uh, realizing that you needed to hire somebody. And so when we we realize that a lot of times is 
it's it's not like what needs to be done. It's who needs to do it. So it's not just the associates that you need to hire, but even internally, you realize that you needed to hire somebody. And so y'all want to talk about like a hiring strategy or like for, for creatives looking to bring somebody in. <laughs> Looks like there's a funny story behind that. Oh my gosh. There's a million funny stories. Uh okay. So let me say this. <laughs> okay. Initially, before it was just y'all two, when did, how long did it take before you realized you guys needed to hire somebody did you hire them so that you can go to another level of income or did you hire them so that you could have like a certain level of ease within the business? Um, Karis was my first hire. So <laughs> I could ha go to another level of income, you know, cause you only have so much time mm -hmm. and we all have our zone of genius. And so my encouragement to all creatives is find yours and get there as quickly as possible. Um, but you can only do that when you have a standard operating procedure in place to be able to delegate that work. Um, and sometimes it just takes time doing the work to understand what is your method of completing this task. But as you complete everything you do, write it down and what steps you took to do that one to help yourself. You know, we all do it when we create our products or when we're in our own creative, I'm sure, you know, you got a, a songwriting process or, you know, everybody has their process to create what they do. Right. Just write that down. But um, first hire was needed because I didn't have enough time and I wanted to go to the next level. And, you know, cares. My first hire was help in the home. Yeah. <laughs> because if I was going to continue to build and I think that's something women should talk about more. <laughs> yep. Um, if I was going to help build a business, I can't build a business and also take care of all my responsibilities at home. Um, and we operate pretty traditionally, which is that he provides and I take care of the home, but also I help with that provision. And so mm -hmm. he provides by helping me, with, giving me help at home. Right. Um, and so that was my first hire was to, I don't know if the word is empower or enable me to um, operate or in my giftings at work. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then the second hire, I think we just were overwhelmed. Mm. We, we hired a family friend um, and she, we just threw everything at her <laughs> and she was working out of our home. And um, did we freeze? You did, but it's still going to record it. So we should be good. OK. Um, yeah. So she was working out of our home and we just were throwing things at her and there was really no system. There was no um, you know, job description that was clear and. <laughs> You know, yeah, we just were throwing things at her and, and teaching her how to do them as we needed. I mean, she was doing everything from helping me edit to responding to emails back and forth, mm -hmm. everything. Um, and we went from one employee to eight in less than, I would say like three. Well, we had the one employee for a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in a period of like three or four months, we jumped to eight employees. Yeah. Wow. That was now that, that is when we learn that having employees <laughs> is a job in itself. Having you know, employees management. is like having children. And I don't mean that in a um, uh, a, a belittling or disrespectful way at all. It is just that there are people under your care who cannot operate without your direction. Yeah, And it takes you having to level up 
in so many ways, responsibility-wise, maturity-wise, yep. um, every single way you can imagine, just like parenting, mm-hmm. to be able to make sure that these people are successful. Because if they are unsuccessful, it is because you have been unsuccessful mm-hmm. in managing them. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, we really had to start developing systems and start developing job descriptions and lanes and figure out what is it we actually need. We hired all these people because we needed help, but we really didn't say what we actual, like specifically need help with. Um, Because if you invite someone into chaos, it doesn't, it doesn't breed success. It just breeds more chaos um, and, and more money to spend on that chaos. Wow. That was definitely a process that matured us um, and, and helped develop us as managers and as leaders. Um, And now I think we kind of fine tune, like, what do we actually, what do we actually need? Who, Who do we actually need as employees versus Contractors, because employees means taxes. <laughs> Contractors does not mean taxes. And so, right. so we went through having a lot of employees to now we each have one uh, employee yeah. and a, a lot of contractors because that model works so much better for us. But I think it takes, there's a learning curve. Right. right. There's certainly a learning curve. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. Did, okay. So did you... One of the things you talked about, you brought up kind of like some personal development, so to speak, in the sense of like you have to level up all the more to pull out of yourself what it is you need from this person, from this employee or so forth and so on. So you have to level up your leadership now once you're growing a business model and you're scaling it. Was there some books that you read? Was there conferences that you attend? Like what was it that you used to develop in that area? I mean, I know trial and error. I know you were in there just getting burned by the fire, but what were you doing to learn how to like navigate it better? Um, you know, John Maxwell for sure uh, has some good leadership because to me, it's all about the people, right? So once you start bringing in employees, you have another client that you're serving. It's not, you can't just be so out facing to the person mm. who's paying you that you ignore the people in your house that right. are getting paid. So it, it was a lot of that, um, understanding what are their needs? What do they want? How can I empower them, build them up uh, enough to produce the best product for the people we're serving? Um, so, I mean, there, there's a, a list of books, um, but a, a lot of the focus had to be on, uh, of course, leadership, team building, and then also just um, developing the the development uh, uh Development, yeah, development of them to make sure that they're getting better, right? Because developing the team, yeah, developing the team and showing them, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it it was definitely a lot of that. All right, okay, so I listen, I, I, I I just enjoy, I just love y'all, first of all. I think that you all have lived experience. Uh, and as well of just natural uh, creative genius, as well as humility to defer to one another, even where your strong suits are. So I just adore that. Now, for people who are listening to this, they're like, okay, I like, I want to know more about this. I want them to be uh, inspired or feel inclined to go sign up for Ferris Plus, like the consultation side. 
So before, as we bring this to a close, I want to, I really want to tease them a little bit. I want to make them salivate for it. Like, okay, I got to go click the link. And we're going to have a link, a description in this, uh, of this video that you can click on that takes you directly there if you want to know more about their business consultation. But last question, really quick, if there were three levers that you have to pull, when I say levers, as in like, hey, I'm consulting somebody, they want to know how to like go to the next level, how to go from 50,000 to, to six figures, or six figures to seven figures, or like, what is something that you say, I always tell them to fix this, tweak that, change this, and we see massive results. Give me, give me a couple things. Yeah. I mean, number one is understanding what your offer is. A lot of the times we think that we're photographers, so we sell photos. That's not the case always. We are actually um, preserving one of the greatest days of your life, these memories, so you can pass down through generation to generation. That's way more valuable than a photo, right? So understanding what your offer is, is number one. Number two is what we kind of talked about is the pricing structure for that. Right. Um, sometimes get, taking it to the next level is nothing but raising your price because you're there. But that is a, a mental block, an emotional block. You may not have that confidence, but do the numbers and really understand what you're looking for. And then third is understanding how you speak about that. It's your messaging, uh, your brand and being able to optimize that so that when you do raise your prices when you are confident in what you're offer everything on the back end and the experience of the client of your lead it matches that and there's no broken trust because you're saying i charge fifty thousand dollars but you got a ten dollar website you got a five dollar headshot there's no uh the, the the client experience is seamless so those are the three things that anybody can work on and optimize at any point really understanding what is it that you offer second how is your pricing? Does your pricing match your financial uh, trajectory and plan of where you want to go? And third, what does your brand look like? Are you talking about what you offer uh, correctly? Does it and it doesn't match what you are asking for in return? Mm. Yeah. Now this this is good because one thing that I noticed from the from the two of you guys is you guys are like it's like y'all yin and yang, right? <laughs> Um, Karis, like you said, you're you both are creative, but you, I think you you lean more on the creative end, and obviously Josh leans more so on that admin uh end and whatnot. But y'all come together like so well to where it, it complements one another. Like you said, like we've seen creatives that the they the average or the the, the general, we're making a blatant statement when we talk about creatives, right? That that admin side they don't want to do nothing with that right they 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 run from it that's why like you said we see them hop from job to job and all these things because it's like i don't like it they 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 they're, they 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 operate with feelings and emotion which is not a bad thing it's just different when it comes but when it comes to actually having a business it's a little bit different when you got it you're gonna have to lean into that and if you don't lean into it then you got to find somebody so the fact that y'all have that and complement each other so well um, I think that's been a benefit for you guys and what you guys are doing. So kudos and bravo to you. Yeah, bravo, bravo. One more time. We gotta clap it up. And while I'm giving claps and giving applause, I actually want to uh, thank those of you who are watching this and we're tuning in right now, listening. If you stay to the end, you really about that life, right? So thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, feel free to go like it, go drop a comment, go leave a review, go do something so we can keep 
more of these type of conversations coming at you. And before we get out of here, I always, I always like to do this one thing. I want us to quote this mantra. I'm a wor woman of words, and I think words uh, shape worlds. So I want y'all to say this with me, and then we are out. All right. Um, all it takes. All it takes. Is consistency. Is consistency. Intention. Intention. And laser focus. And laser focus. To mind my creative business. To mind my creative business. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. I am Shy Speaks. And I am Ron Ironic Lee. And we out. Peace. Peace. Yay! <laughs>